Good morning and praise the Lord. It's a great joy to share God's word. It's uh, I want to thank Sally and uh, and your family. Thank you, Mel, for that amazing testimony, um, which I'm sure spoke to many of us. Roger spoke to me earlier this week about this service, and uh, I was busy doing stuff, but I wasn't curt for that, that reason. Um, I was short in as much that I didn't want to know what was being planned. I didn't really want to know the songs. I was interested in the theme, but I, that was fine. I didn't know Mel was going to um, give a testimony. I didn't know anything about the songs. I just knew that the Holy Spirit would weave together something that was amazing. I say that only in regard to what I'm going to share now, how amazingly uh, uh, similar and uh, just the, the whole theme runs through every word I'm going to share. When we take chapel services in prison, all we do is I say to someone, you're going to lead worship, someone's going to bring a testimony, someone's going to have a Bible reading, someone's going to lead in prayer, and I'll preach. And that's all. And without fail, every single Sunday that we go to chapel, a miracle happens. And the same Holy Spirit that's been talking to Sally and Roger is the same Holy Spirit that would speak to me and make something amazing out of whatever contribution we give. And that is life, isn't it? That is life being inspired by the Holy Spirit. Often we're more concerned about the destination than we are about the journey. And I think that God is more interested in the journey often than he is about the destination. He is about, interested about what happens to us and how he can work in our lives. And uh, I'm going to read a passage from, uh, from Matthew 14, verse 22, about Jesus walking on water. It's got a similarity to the last song we just sang, isn't it? Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side to take a journey while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waters, the waves rather, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? 
And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched were healed. Do you want some good news or some bad news? You want some good news? The good news is that Jesus has overcome the world. The bad news is that you will have trouble and tribulation. This is from uh, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. God's desire is peace for you and me. In this world you will have trouble or tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There's a year before us, 2014, and all of us will face storms one way or another. Some of us will mourn. Some of us will be really sick. Some of us maybe lose employment. Some of us will face financial challenges. The younger ones will have bust-ups in school and lose good friends. There will be trouble. This week at the breakfast, I, I just was, I don't know why it was, I started humming a tune. It was Nat King Cole, for those of you who know Nat King Cole. There will be trouble ahead. I don't know where that came from other than the Holy Spirit. Yeah? And almost the day after, we've got a little poodle, lovely little poodle. He's a toy poodle. I've lost all my street cred when I walk the dog in Ingotstone these days. Little black fellow, he's a rescue, he's lovely, absolutely lovely. But he's, he seems to have a weak bladder at night. I shouldn't talk about these sort of things. And uh, So um, Carol sometimes goes down and when... Carol's got a weak bladder too. <laughs> So at three o'clock, Carol was sorting out her weak bladder. And she thought, well, while I'm doing that, I'll, I'll let Marley out in the garden. So she goes downstairs in the kitchen, lets Marley out in the garden. And the next thing I hear, Carol shouting upstairs, um, saying, we've got a flood in the kitchen. And uh, she went in the kitchen and thought Marley had got there before she did, but realised that this was more than a, a puddle. Um, and there was water flooding into the kitchen, so I came down and uh, God gave me a, a, an amazing peace because I turned off the stopcock and it didn't stop the water. There was a different supply that was coming into the kitchen, which I didn't know about. Anyway, there, there, there was a storm ahead, but God in the middle of this gave me peace. And I got to thinking about the Holy Spirit being our teacher. Now it's good that the children are here because you know all about teachers, don't you? Yeah? 
And it says of the Holy Spirit in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He's a teacher. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us. He's been teaching us while we've sung. I'm sure God spoke to you as we worshipped. Certainly he spoke to us while Mel was was giving her, her testimony. He is our teacher. Every good teacher needs to know that you have learned something. Is that true? Was that what a good teacher? Teaching isn't about, for, teaching isn't for the teacher. It's for those that are listening. So how would a teacher know that you have taken on board that which has been taught? You test you. They will set an exam or a test to find out whether you know what you've been taught. How does the Holy Spirit test us? Do you think, if he's teaching us, how does he test you? He tests you through the circumstances of life. And what is he looking for in this test? He's looking for faith. Faith that leads to obedience. And obedience that leads us to Christ-likeness. That's the mission of the Holy Spirit in 2014 for you and me. That we would become more Christ-like than we are now. Would you agree with that? Not sure? That's his plan. Is to make you like Jesus. That you would be more Christ-like. And he, part of that will be through this word. But the test is life itself. All my years of being a pastor, and my seven and a half years when I was blessed to be a pastoral assistant here, and my time in prison, walking alongside many, many people that have trials in life. And I've always tried this one thing to do, that people would recognize that Jesus is with them. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They were on a journey. And it all changed when they realized Jesus was right with them in their despondency, in their lostness, in their hurt, in their disappointment, that Jesus is with you today. He's with you just where you are. Mary Magdalene at the tomb, when she thought she was talking to the gardener, everything changed when she realized that Jesus was alongside her in her loss, in her confusion, in her deep sadness, when he would say, Mary. And God would speak your name. The Bible passage we read at this this journey across the lake, it started with Jesus made them get into the boat, knowing that it was heading for troubled waters. 
Where was Jesus at the time when all the, the storm broke out? I'll tell you where he was. He was up, on a, up the mountain praying for his disciples. For them not to fail the test. I don't know what, you, what you're facing in life. But many of you are facing trials and tests. Many of you struggle even with life itself. The trip, the storm, the waves, the wind were all part of the Father's trial that he had planned. They knew Jesus was a miracle worker. They'd just seen the loaves and the fish be multiplied to feed 5,000 men. They knew he was a friend of sinners, bringing salvation. They'd recognized him as the son of God. They knew he had power over the devil. He'd taught them how to pray, how to forgive, how to bind and loose. But could they recognize Jesus in the storm? They didn't recognize the one they loved. Fear had blinded them. Faith opens our eyes. We can trust God for healing and miracles. We can believe for forgiveness, hallelujah. We can trust for glory one day. But the storm, when everything's falling apart, when Jesus is nowhere to be seen, when we're struggling with the issues of faith, when our ship is tossing and sinking, when the winds of adversity blow against us and everything seems to be against us, when we feel swamped and overwhelmed, to think Jesus is alongside is absurd. Is it the work of Satan trying to kill us? Where did I go wrong? Is there sin in my life that all this should be happening? Why me? Why is my boat taking in water? When I've been faithful, I did just what Jesus asked me to do, get in the boat and go to the other side. And now look what's happening to me. In their darkest hour, Jesus went to them. Hallelujah. He waited for that moment. It's hard for him looking on because he loved them. He felt their pain. He, fe he feels your pain. He did not want them harmed, just like any good father would. But he knew this one thing. They could not know him truly until they trusted him in the storm. Mountaintops are easy with Jesus. Storms are another matter. When this is not the plan I had for my life, When why should this thorn in my flesh be upon me? 
He waited until the limit of their faith. You know, fear not water was drowning then. Remember, Jesus could have calmed the storm at any time with a single word. They could have spoken. Jesus had said, greater things than these shall you do. Ask for anything in prayer. They needed to recognize Jesus in the storm of life. Matthew fourteen twenty six. we read, they saw Jesus and they were terrified. They thought he was a ghost. They never thought Jesus would be with them. Now they had terror on top of panic. We need to recognize Jesus. Night at its blackest, winds at their loudest, hopelessness overwhelmed, all is lost, compounded by fear of ghosts. Surely one disciple would recognize him. Remember, Jesus would never leave or forsake them, yet when, the cent- they're, when they're in the center of his will, they're not expecting him. They could expect him to drive out money changers, bless children. One day they'd be, be in, with, in God's presence at his right hand. But not enough faith to recognize him in their storm. The trouble that you contend with. Was this an unexpected disaster, an accident of fate, unnecessary trial of no value? God saw it differently. We are tested as Jesus was tested in the wilderness and in Gethsemane. Shut up in a small boat, wild nature turned loose. What would happen in their darkest hour? The answer was, Jesus was at work. Jesus is at work in your life right now. Storms have purpose. They bring us to rest and trust in his presence and his power. Know Jesus is with you right now. In the middle of storms, miracles happen. It's easy to lose the sense of God's presence. When we battle alone, when we say, this isn't the Lord's battle, it's mine. I'll take possession of it. I have to row harder. I'll have to bail faster. The wind of sickness, pain, emotional distress, bereavement, insufficiency. This wasn't the message that I received when I came to Christ, that everything would be fine. I'd be happy every day. And yet look at the challenge. Overwhelmed that the storm is upon you. Tempted to see the ghost of defeat. The most precious and powerful revelation is this, is God is with you right now. He has not deserted you. He cannot desert you. He is with you working out 
his high purposes, his glory, making you more like Jesus through faith and trust. Jesus coming to them when they most needed, walking on the thing that threatened them, the waves. He walked on them. They were under his feet. Hallelujah. What's more with Jesus? He calls Peter. And he puts the threat under Peter's feet. And he encourages him to look at Jesus, not the threat. Take your eyes off of the waves and the wind and look to Jesus. When Jesus was with going to Jairus' house and he was temporarily taken up with a woman that had an issue of blood and spent a while with her. When he got to the house, they said, it's all too late. Her daughters died. They'd given up. The storms had broken and destroyed. But with Jesus, it was never too late. He took her by the hand and said, arise. When Lazarus had died and Jesus had tarried for four days and Martha said, if only you'd have come earlier. If only you'd been here in my darkest hour, this wouldn't have happened. He calls him out of the tomb. Jesus, it's never too late. Jesus is with you. I want to end where I started. I've told you these things so you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble. That is his promise to you. How many of you have owned that? Or the first time trouble comes, you say, this isn't part of the script. Hey, huh? It's all gone pear-shaped. In this world, you will have, what will you have? Trouble. But take heart, have faith. Take heart, take it. It belongs to you, it's given to you. Because he has overcome the world. Whatever faces you, he is greater. Whatever challenge you, he is the answer. No matter what 2024 holds for you, Jesus holds 2024. And he will overcome. And he just calls for faith. Let him make adversity into opportunity.
when you walk through the storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. Not because you're a Liverpool supporter, but because you believe in Jesus. Yeah? And I'm just going to ask, I'm just going to pray. But if at this moment of time, you just want to know Jesus in your storm, then I just ask you just simply to stand now where you are. And I'll pray and then we'll worship. Is there anyone just where you are? Be bold enough to stand. Yeah, just stand to your feet. Yeah. And ask for Jesus to be in your storm and that you would recognize him. Is there any others? Praise God. The greatest thing is now that you know he is with you and he is above the issue. And he is the answer to the issue. Father, in this journey of life, Father, we forgive us when we lose sight of you. And Father, the problem obscures the beauty of Jesus with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And Father, I pray that by faith, Father, and obedience, you would do this amazing miracle in each of our lives that we would be like Jesus and that we become more than conquerors. You don't take us out of the fight, but that we overcome, Lord, in your name. And Father, you would do glorious things. And just like Mel's testimony, Father, we would all carry the testimony of Jesus being with us, calming the storm and giving us peace. Father, bless each and every one of us, Lord, for the glory of your name. And may we remember that we can know you in the storm, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you.